the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Rescuers Radio Show. Uh, The show is heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. and Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. And you can go to our website. Please do that. It's rescuerradioshow.org where you can hear all of the shows up to this point. And, uh, and it's a listener-supported uh, show as, as well. And if you're interested in that, uh, giving to that, you can find that on the website as well. I am so excited about this guest. <laughs> We've been so out of touch, right? Yeah. So uh, Lynn Sue Flood, uh, Director of Community Engagement at Hospice of the Valley, a nonprofit, and, of course, we're going to dive into all of that information. But first, I'd like for Lynn Sue to share with us a little story about yourself. How did you get to this point in your life? Oh, my gosh. That's, <laughs> first of all, can I just say it's so good to see you. <laughs> You're a sight for sore eyes. And I'm not worthy to be a rescuer on your show. Oh. I'm not even sure why you called. <laughs> because Hospice of the Valley and the coworkers I work with, those are the angels who are mm-hmm. the rescuers in our community. But I'm just honored to be Alongside them, supporting them and helping them in, so in good this to beautiful see you. work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your backstory. Well, you know, I've been yeah. in news for a hundred really? million years. <laughs> yeah. Channel 12 for 31 years. Oh and gosh. then got to a point where I kind of done every story about a thousand times and had this little itch, little nudge from the Lord uh, that maybe there was more out there. Yeah. Uh, and it was a new season. And found this encore career, and it's just been a blessing in every way. Nice. So, um, gosh, you you uh, as as director of community engagement of at Hospice of the Valley, um, you see and meet a ton of people almost every day, right? Yep. And you have messages for them on how how they can donate or how they can be a part of. Uh, this wonderful uh, entity in, in it's it's statewide, right? Is it not just no, the valley? No, we care for those in Maricopa County. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, which is, and then uh, some outlying areas, yeah. but yeah. yeah, you know, the bigger part of the state. Yeah. And we were the very first original hospice. Um, we were founded by a group of volunteers, literally. They weren't paid for doing this. There was no oh. Medicare benefit. They worked for five years going into people's homes and giving them hospice care. Well, what brought you to it? Well, I have had many 
friends Mm -hmm. and a family member who had hospice of the Valley's care and was blown away. And so did help occasionally with um, their fundraisers. They have a light up a life, which actually isn't so much a fundraiser as a community remembrance event Uh. and just fell in love with their mission. And I think it's so amazing how God works you back in full circle. Now I get to help other families experience the amazing care that our family got and so many of my friends get. But, you know, my title is that big, long community engagement director. And really, it should say jack of all trades because I (laughs) oversee four departments and one of them is fundraising and one of them is business where they go into business development, where they go into hospitals and group homes and and let people know what kind of care we provide. Because when somebody tells you you need hospice, you go, I don't know what to do. There's oh 200 of them. Oh, my. Yeah. How do I even begin? Yeah. Um, and then and education. I do so much education. The today is going to be, I hope, educational for folks who think they know what hospice yeah. is, but they probably believe a lot of myths. Yeah, I want us to talk a lot about that subject because uh, I don't think everybody really knows uh, all about it. But um, holy cow. Well, and volunteers. I left them out yeah. because, you know, we were founded by volunteers. Volunteers are a big Part of Hospice of the Valley, we have 1,500 employees, Art. We have 1,500 volunteers. We, one for one, we have a volunteer for every employee that we have. 3,000 people. And they literally go out into these homes with patients and families. They sew quilts. They hold hands. They cook for them. They're, they're just amazing. Yeah. So I get to oversee those beautiful people. And all this week, we're doing volunteer appreciation events to thank them for everything they do to make. It's an extra layer of love and compassion that we can wrap around. Well, I think that 31 years in the news business at one one station, though, right? Yeah. That's that's amazing by itself. And um, I'm kind of a loyal person. (laughs) I I am, too, really. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, but all things come to an end, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, new season. Yeah, new season in life. And and, uh, that's how... It's someone else's turn to sit in that chair. (laughs) You know, those women at Channel 12 probably thought... Is this girl going to die here? Do we ever get to be the main anchor? <laughs> but you were well prepared to do what you're doing right now. Uh, you know, with that I, background. I, well, you're right. I kind of think that God had a plan. He had me build trust in the community and yes. make all of these connections so it could come to fruition yes. here. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. That's true. So, um, uh, Josh. So let's start. Let's start that. Talking about what people think, uh, what are the, what are the who, what they think they know about hospice care, which might be very little. And and you're in the moment of crisis, you really know. Oh my gosh, I don't I don't know who to call. I don't know what. But let's let's go down that road for a little bit here. That dreaded H word, hospice. hospice. People are so afraid of it. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, okay, so hospice comes in when someone has a terminal illness and they're no longer able to continue with aggressive curative treatment. So you give that up and you have comfort care to improve your quality of life for the time you have left. So I think hospice kind of gets a bad rap just the way the dentist gets a bad rap. It's not the dentist who's hurting you. It's the cavity, right? It's the cancer. (laughs) It's the whatever your terminal illness is, right? The care the provider that's providing that care to walk you through it. It's a whole philosophy of care because there's a chaplain, there's a social worker, there's a nurse, there's a certified nursing assistant to help with daily living tasks. 
there's a whole team that and a medical director. There's a whole team that's overseeing your care because everybody's journey is different. Your disease is different than this person's yeah. disease. So you may last three years on hospice. You may last three weeks. Yeah. You know, it just depends on when you come. I have a very good friend of 30 years who passed in just four weeks. Yeah. From a, from I wish a, they would have come sooner. We yeah. hear that all the time. Yeah. They always tell us, if I had known what hospice care was, the support that yeah. I and my family yeah. are getting, I would have come sooner. And Medicare knows you need support on that really hard journey. So the minute you're eligible, you should access it access it for the longest time possible because yeah. it might even there are studies that say if you access it early enough you extend your life yes oh wow see that's that's yeah but if you come at the very end there's n- there's nobody. not a lot yeah that we yeah. that can be done it can be done you yeah. can just make sure there's no anxiety and pain and so symptoms. it's that time that critical time mm-hmm. right where you say do i want more 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 round of chemo which might actually speed up my demise because I'm in such a weakened state or do I want to stop now and enjoy the time I have left and maybe feel better yeah uh, it's it's different for everyone everyone yeah. there's no crystal ball on when it's right but people get to a point where they go yeah I'm, I'm ready so 1500 employees mm-hmm. 1500 volunteers yeah that that's amazing so I mean, when you when you need that assistance and you make that call, you're going to be welcoming a lot of help. Right? Well, last year we took care of twenty three thousand patients plus their family members because okay. they're getting yeah. care. Yeah. And on any given day across all of our programs, we have six thousand people on service. Oh my! So gosh. that's for dementia care. <laughs> That's for palliative care. That's for hospice care. We even have um, primary care. So say you're perfectly healthy, Art, but you just are 97 years old and it's a little hard for you to go to the doctor's office. We do house calls. Our doctors come to you. But you're not on hospice. You just are old and frail. Yeah. (laughs) And who knows this? I mean... Nobody knows that we provide all of this. So I'm so happy. In dementia care, every one of us are living longer. Yeah. And we are all surrounded by people and relatives and friends that are now having Alzheimer's and other dementias. Right. And so we have a brand new dementia campus that we opened on 44th and Indian School. Oh, my gosh. And it's amazing. Yeah. So uh, you're Maricopa County. Uh-huh. Uh, and n- nationally, do you intercede with chapters around the country or businesses around the country that do what you do for so there's just a very few non what you do or? well it's so we share so we're kind of a okay. beacon for nonprofit hospices and they contact us all over from all over the country saying nice. can you help us because yeah. um we're we're being not being uh, competing with for profits and it's very difficult yeah. uh so we do we reach out we tell them because um you know what we've been doing for 46 years is working and working 46 well. years. We were founded in 1977 and we're the leading and by far the largest by a couple of volunteers who said the way we treat the dying, which is put them in a hospital room back then, you know, visiting hours. Right. Yeah. And um, you couldn't go after that. And a lot of times there was no treatment for pain because you were dying. Yeah. They didn't think of treating people who were dying with pain. So you, in those days, you died in pain alone. 
in a hospital when now you die in comfort in your own home surrounded by everyone you love, which is how we all want to go. Yeah, that's awesome. So, and I saw somewhere in in reading the materials, you you take care of uh, vets? Oh, yes. We have lots of programs to honor them. Because you imagine serving your country all these years and you never won an award and now you're at end of life. So we have veteran volunteers who go in and they do a, a pinning with your branch of service and they oh, have friends wow. come and you're invited and they tell stories. And a lot of times the families will say, Oh my gosh. Cause a lot of veterans from the old wars are yeah. stoic. They yeah. don't talk about what they That's right. experienced, yeah. but they will when they're being awarded something and the family members to go, dad, I never knew that. That's yeah. amazing. They have more memories. Yeah. I think that's true for world war two, Korean, yeah. Vietnam. There's a huge PTSD issue, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, with with all of it, it's not just one service, but every everywhere. Yeah, we call it saluting our veterans. We yeah. do the same thing for first responders, and we have chaplains that are trained in PTSD. Wow! So it's it's a lovely tribute. Yeah. So, um, my gosh, uh, if you've tuned tuned in late to the uh, Rescuers Radio Show today, uh, my guest is uh, Lynn Sue Flo- uh, Flood. And we're talking about hospice of the valley, um, critical care, and 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 end of life care. It's just um, it's just it, it, people are are kind of afraid to even talk about it, right? Yeah, and they have so many um, misperceptions, misconceptions. So you think, well, I better not go on hospice to the very end because it might run out. It doesn't run out. How could Medicare say, well, you only get three weeks? What if your cancer takes long? It never runs out. Uh, you can even get stronger on hospice and go, yeah. you know what? I feel pretty good. I think I'm going to have another round of chemo. Sign yourself off. Go get your chemo. And when you need hospice again, that benefit is waiting. It's it there. hasn't diminished. It doesn't go away. But people are afraid to sign up because they think they'll use it up. If they use it once and don't want it, it's gone. You know, no that's a that's very interesting it. topic. So make sure that's clear here on the show that that, that once you're in your system, you stay. They stay in your system. Well, you sign off when you sign. Oh, uh, okay. you can sign off hospice because then you're not going to get hospice benefit. You right. can go get curative treatment if right. you want. Okay. But then, as the, it's a terminal illness, so it won't yes. cure. Yes. So as it advances, yes, you will need hospice care again. The benefit is right there waiting for you. Starts from ground zero again. Wow. Yeah. And that I think that would give people a lot of peace of mind because they think they're signing their life away, uh, and they're not. They're signing up for support for them and their family and holistic, you know, spiritual and physical yeah, and yeah. emotional. And if they decide they're not ready for it, they can sign off. Yeah. And when you, when you use the word support, it's a long list, right? You mentioned some, but let's walk through that list of okay. things because it's. It's physical support, medical support, right, because you're going to have symptoms and yeah. and pain. And it's going to be emotional support because you're likely not working and you're going through realizing that you're going to pass away. And it's social uh, support because you aren't working and you've lost your network of friends that you see every day. People mean well, but they don't always know if it's a good time to visit or what to say. Mm-hmm. So they don't visit. And you're alone a lot, which is why our volunteers help and our pet therapy and our music therapy helps because there's someone there for you. And then there's spiritual distress. 
what's yeah. going to happen to my soul. So it's holistic care across all disciplines. That's beautiful. So um, you ought to do the uh, commercials, commercials, <laughs> and marketing. And <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you try for that? Oh, it's my honor to do it. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, um, do you, can you tell them just a little bit, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I've, I've, you know, we've, I've had friends, families, and you. Uh, it, you uh, you supply whether it, we, if it's a day, you need someone daily to take care of someone. So it, it depends on so people as they get sicker need more frequent visits. It's always based on the patient. Everything you get is customized, individualized for your illness. Wow. So some people don't need visits very often, and yeah. some people need them very often. And you have all those resources at, uh-huh. at your fingertips. That's what, what our beautiful staff does. I just learned you have dentists. Doctors. <laughs> so we partner with vendors that need to do that. Yeah, wound care, whatever, whatever it, it is. is. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah, it is. So, um, uh, you know, I, w- I was going through some material when I was, I was organizing my talking points for today that, that are now blown up. So <laughs> Sorry. So, <laughs> that's okay. So, uh, but I did read something very interesting, and I think our audience will find this interesting, too. Uh, you need to mention that you're very, uh, you have a very spoiled poodle whose name is Kismet and, and is a pet therapy dog. Of course, he's your dog <laughs> and, and loves to visit Hospice of the Valley patients and family. So he's actually a second. His brother did the same thing. Oh, Max okay. is a standard poodle, white one, who did it. He passed away last year at 14. So Kismet is now certified and makes visits. And there's nothing like what a pet does because you're, you're lonely, you're sad, nobody's visiting, and the family is sitting in the room, you know, hour after hour, yeah. and a dog walks in the door. He doesn't care what you look like, smell like, feel like. He's just here Brightens to make your room. day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love on you, and it cheers everyone up, and it's just beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, I'll take him on several visits, and he's exhausted afterwards. They wow. really put their heart into, like, making everybody happy. So you obviously had him trained for this. You certify. Okay. So it's not obedience. Okay. It's temperament temperament if they have the right temperament they're obedient to what you say you know it's sit please or you know and they're not jumpers lickers snappers that kind of thing it's all temperament and you just get them certified and it's just beautiful i mean those are some of the extra touches that i think are so neat and and art the one thing i i do want people to know about a hospice of the valley we're the only hospice that is really um diving into the future when it comes to dementia care Um, because we're so large and a third of our patients have dementia and we know that families are at their wits end because they don't know how to deal with behaviors or, you know, imagine somebody asking you what time we're going to have lunch a thousand times in 10 minutes, you know, you just, Mm -hmm. the stress level. So our campus is really unique. It has a daycare center and an adult day. So the kids interact intergenerationally. Because wow. preschoolers don't know when someone has dementia, and there's that beautiful joy. Yeah, there's a inpatient home. There's an uh, there's also a um, education center that's open for the entire valley. Anybody that needs help. Where's all of this located? In a big giant campus <laughs> at Forty Fourth Street large. in Indian School. It's beautiful. You come down, and we'll give you a tour. Okay. But what's so cool about it is the education component is all free. So. 
on most people can't go to support groups because what do they do with their person? They can't leave them at home. With us, you bring them. That person goes in with all of our dementia educators, and they're all absorbed in art, music, pet therapy. They're having so much fun in this big room while all the family members go next door and get the support they need. Oh, my goodness. Learn new techniques for behavior management. Learn how to relieve their own stress and take care of themselves because if they're not well, you know, very elderly caregivers sometimes pass before the person they're caring for because they're so exhausted. So one thing I'm learning here from you, you take the fear out of that discussion, right? Oh, my gosh. Thank you for saying that. Yes, it is. I'll say it again. You take the fear out of that discussion. Because you're not alone anymore. You're with people that aren't afraid of death that want to make it the most beautiful journey possible, and you can tell them anything, and they will help you. My goodness. And you're right at the front end of that. I, I'm not at the front end. <laughs> I, am, I am just shining their light as brightly as I can. They do all the work. I know. They're amazing. I know. They're so, amazing. But there's so much to, to learn by the general public that, that are, are, uh, uh, they're not aware. Right. That's they, my mantra every day. Who can I tell something? Yeah about hospice that they didn't know. Yeah. So that's a new slogan for you. <laughs> they take out the fear of asking. Yeah. That's beautiful. We'd all be better off if we did that about everything we were worried about, yeah. right? Not just end of life. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> just don't a, be afraid to ask. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then, then it's not just, oh, oh, no, Uncle Joe is, uh, mm-hmm. where do I go and do this? Or mom or And dad, we build it up worse. Parents. Right? Are, yeah. And, and we... Uh, assume things that aren't true. Well, our lives are are basically we're basically living day to day. You know, if you really look to reality, we don't we have no idea the how or the when, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the education is it has to be a ongoing because different people, like different cases, different questions. Mm-hmm. Um, You're right. I say in every talk, you may not need to hear this today because yeah. you don't need hospice today. Yeah. But at some point, you're going to circle back and go, oh, no, she said this. Yeah. And I remember, and people do call me and say, you told me that. Yeah. And three years later, I needed hospice. Wow. Yeah, and I, I, I can picture, I just got this call from my doctor, and oh, no. I'm 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 stuck in mud right now. What the heck do I do? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Do I sign up for hospice or do I continue with the curative treatment? Those are all family and medical yeah. decisions. But if you know what hospice is, at least don't be afraid of it. Yes. Yeah. That's so that's so important. And I now that I know now that I think about what you've been saying in home care, uh, if they're not on the edge of of life now, then you've got people that can go in every day and for comfort. Well, some for, don't for, need every day. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It just depends on what your, your situation is, what your okay. care plan will be. Yes. But you work with someone that yeah. is over you, your care plan, and is always adjusting it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a neat, neat thought. Because it's not one yeah. size fits all. It right. never is. No, it never is. Yeah. Because there's a million, gazillion right. people out there that are asking the same same question again and again and again, right? And or probably again for the first time. Mm. But um, 
and and you you already have you always have you don't you may not may not have the answers for cure but you have the answer for comfort well no one has the answers for cure because no. it's an incurable illness exactly yeah yeah so it's really about when you get to that point and all of us are going to get to that point yeah. unless we yeah. pass very suddenly in an accident yeah. and we won't need hospice right. uh, we will get to a point where we want somebody to give us the best most comfortable dignified compassionate care yeah. And that's when you're going to go, oh, I need a hospice. Yeah. So um, you're the perfect person for this position. I mean, you, you present it in such a calm, smooth. Uh, people, people can learn a lot just from hearing you speak. Even though you say you're on the outside, you're not on the inside, I think I My heart's on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> Your heart is definitely on on the inside, and uh, and you're a spark yourself. Just people meeting you are enlightened. I can say that. You may not think that, but I can say that to you. But you know what it is when families come back later yeah. or write letters and say we never could have made it wow. without our care without, team. Yeah. I mean, our teams do go home and put their heads on their pillows at night and know they have yeah. made an impact. They've made a difference. Yeah. They've made somebody's journey much better than yeah. it ever could have been. And some even tell us beautiful. Yeah. So it's really not a sad right. thing at all. People think, oh, gosh, how could you work for <laughs> hospice? It's so sad. Do I seem sad? Yeah. No. It's so beautiful and yeah. fulfilling. And we're yeah. so happy. We're in our last minute. And, and that and, went fast. Yeah, <laughs> Jeremy lets me know all the time. So, <laughs> uh, so thank you for for taking the fear out of making those calls. Uh, and um, how can they reach you again? Well, I would say they can call me. They can call me on Facebook, message me on Facebook, whatever. Hospice of the Valley, but hov.org is our website. It has everything in the world. You just go to the search bar. You can type in dementia, pet yeah. therapy, whatever. And I don't care what you say. Lynn Sue Flood, you are our rescuer. Oh, <laughs> God you bless are. you, and thank you for being on the show today. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.